When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, all of our social media outlets, and the finfanatic.com website, and as well as the fan-sided network. The Dolphins win tonight 20-3 to on Monday Night Football against the Saints, a very battered Saints team, but still... This is the first time that the Dolphins have won seven games in a row since the 1985 season. That cannot be understated. And before we get into the show and we talk about the rest of the Dolphins output here, I have to uh, give a um, heads up to my uh, my co-host here, because when the Dolphins were one and seven, Paul Pickin gave the heads up to the rest of our fan base that the Dolphins had a little bit of a weaker schedule coming up, and now they've won seven in a row. Yeah, we were, I got annihilated for that. Um, Worse and, than anything I've ever seen on this show. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, and you know me, if I feel I'm right, I don't really care what people have to say. It's <laughs> We've been down this road before. That's for sure. It's it, it, It's... But at the same time, you know, looking at the Dolphins' schedule, looking at where records lay in the AFC East at that point in time, and the AFC itself at that point in time, crazier things had happened. And I think I used that exact phrase. It's this is a team that was getting Tua Tungavailoa back, was getting Raquan Davis back. And we talked about the things that they needed to do to be able to to move forward, drive forward, beat the teams that they should. And they started doing those things. They started using that cover zero exotic look that confuses opposing offenses. They started using that intermediate game with, with Tua and taking advantage of his accuracy. They started doing a lot of things out there that, granted, we've all heard all this nonsense, and Brian Greasy certainly tried to beat it into our skull tonight about who the Dolphins have or haven't beat. They walked into the Ravens when the Ravens were still the Ravens and decimated them, laid a blueprint, shook them to their very core, and and destroyed them. They had a good defense at that point, and they've been reeling ever since. Carolina Panthers had a good defense at that point, even if they were reeling on offense, and Miami made a mockery of those guys. It's so they haven't just beaten a bunch of nobodies. And you want to pull out this whole, oh, the Saints had 22 people on COVID. They had like five or six guys on their practice squad uh, on the COVID list. Uh, one of the guys was their special teams coach, Darren Rizzi, who we're all familiar with. And you look at the Texans this week, who have a mediocre roster to begin with, and they walked out there with 20-something players on, on the COVID list. And one forty-one to what twenty-five? I think it was like. I mean, Darren Rizzi was even on COVID this week. I mean, 
But there are a couple of things that can be true at one time. Yes, the Dolphins have played a terrible schedule lately. I mean, let's be honest. After the after the Ravens win on Monday Night Football uh, back in week 10, they've played the Jets twice. They've played the Panthers. They've played the Giants. Yeah, Thursday Night Football, whatever. Same thing. Jets twice, Panthers, Giants, Saints here with half of the roster out. Those are five easy games in a row, but a couple of things can be true at once. It's hard to win seven games in a row in the NFL. And when you look at what the Dolphins have done here over the last several weeks, I mean, how many teams have gone from one and seven to eight and seven, regardless of the circumstances? The answer is pretty much close to nobody in the history of the sport. Yeah, it's a big fat zero from my understanding. I mean, I'd have to really dive back in, but from what I understand, it's a zero. And it's funny because two weeks ago, when they were doing playoff scenarios, even with Miami right in the thick of it, folks were leaving them off the board entirely or pointing at them going, we're not going to talk about that. You know, and and Miami is, like, I think you may have said it already. I don't know if you said it on the air or off the air or whatever. If the season ended today, Miami's in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They would be going against the Tennessee Titans, who the Dolphins play next weekend, and Ryan Tannehill. And it would bring so much joy to my heart if the Dolphins came away with their eighth win in a row against Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. And that's a very winnable game. Right now, it's a three point to three and a half point point spread right now. Um, And and it's great that with Miami controlling their own destiny right now, the next two weeks, they've got to go through Tannehill and they've got to go through Belichick. Get a couple of those demons off your back and drive in there. And if that happens and the Dolphins go into the playoffs with nine wins in a row, which now looks very, very possible. I don't see a team in the AFC that's going to that's going to want to play the Miami Dolphins. No, I wouldn't want to face their defense right now, especially. It's and Miami started to show shades the past few weeks and a little bit tonight of finding ways to get creative on offense, uh, running that flea flicker, the pass to Christian Williams last week or Wilkins last week that appeared to be a speed option shovel pass to Waddle going back against the grain. All of those little things that start to put the defenses on their heels and take advantage of defenses that are pretty darn good, like the New Orleans Saints. And they better continue to show their creativity because as dominant as as this defense was today, the offense really pissed me off at certain points. Um, I mean, really, really for the entire first half. I mean, let's take take a look at the drives here. I mean, the first drive, Tua misses a, a wide open Miles Gaskin punt. Second drive, field goal after the Nick Needham pick six. It's uh, it, now it's uh, it, it's ten to nothing Dolphins. But if if that ball gets recovered by the Saints, I mean we're might be talking about a completely different ball game. Third drive, punt after a missed challenge and this Jacoby Brissett nonsense. Stop bringing him out on third and fourth and one. Are you kidding me? 
I wish they had reviewed that play because that was pretty darn close. Not not the spot, but that before, that was a pretty darn close one. I I don't think that one was close, but the play before was when oh, Miles yep. no the the because the the sequence was on that third drive. Miles Gaskin caught the pass and had a first down, and I can't believe Brian Flores did not review that. And so it was third and inches, and then. Uh, Jacoby Brissett uh, took the handoff, and instead of just going forward with it, he uh, danced along the backfield, and then it was fourth and inches, and the Dolphins punted it. That could have been a completely different game and a blowout had the Dolphins had had that drive gone differently. But still, very happy with the win. Well, and 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 I want to I want to I want to park on that for one second because there were a few moments in this game that really could have blown this open. I know I said it in our pregame show. I said it when I was over on the Hoobie Jooby or Hoodie Jooby th- uh, show as well. It's the way Miami beats New Orleans, especially with what New Orleans had on the field today, is you keep their offense in short series, create turnovers, create three and outs. Uh, the, the Saints, for the first time with Sean Payton as a head coach tonight, did not convert a third down in, in his history as a head coach of the New Orleans Saints. 0 for 12. And it's you keep that defense on the field. We've seen it with our own defense when they're playing well. If our defense is out there all game, they wear down, they get defeated, they start to just start kicking rocks a little bit, even if they're not supposed to. And that's how you beat them. You wear them down as the game goes on so you can start doing some things and start being a little more effective on offense. Yeah, I mean, and after that fourth or that third drive, um, the Dolphins' yeah, fourth drive, what when they were up, when they were up ten to nothing, the Dolphins had the ball third and two, and it was a clear first down, and the the refs called a, a flag on Liam Eichenberg when Eichenberg didn't even touch the defensive end. He so it was three a, times, but it was literally this. Yep. That's a perfect visual. There, there, there's no for, for those that don't see what Paul's doing. He's just tapping his fingers together. I mean, and, and that was, yeah. And then on the fifth drive, the Dolphins had two holding calls. Bad drive for the offensive line. A a hold on Liam Meikenberg. A hold. No, excuse me. A hold on Michael Dieter and a hold on Austin Jackson. And then Tua was sacked on that drive as well. So that took about a field goal range right before halftime, 10-3 to three game. And then on the sixth drive, it was a bad interception by Tua, but it was a different story in the second half. Um, that 90-yard drive that put the Dolphins up 7-3 or 17-3, to three, it was at that point, Paul, that I think we started to think the Dolphins have this game won. Hey, Dolphins fans, if you're an NBA fan, you want to check out the Knuckleheads podcast. It brings on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. It's hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're in their seventh season on the podcast. Some of the guests that they've got coming this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, DeMar DeRozan. The guys will talk about everything, from the golden era of sports, past culture, give you some untold stories it's a lot of fun make sure you check out the link down in the show notes below
And again, that's the Knuckleheads podcast hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, that drive was beautiful. And and Kelly, thank you. We'll get to that very shortly. Trust me. Um, as far as what it will take for the Dolphins to win the next two weeks, I think that's part of the analysis that we're doing right now. Um, but no, that that drive was a thing of beauty, and it was funny because when they were inside the five, and we heard Brian Greasy, I believe it was, say, the Saints haven't allowed a red zone touchdown in over ten quarters now. I went, oh, we're getting in. <laughs> like, it's just, it's that curse, that hoodoo, uh, you name it, that, that that the announcers tend to put on teams when they're doing something well for a, an extended period of time, and, and it happened again. It happened again, and Miami got in on a beautifully designed play following a defensive holding and roughing the passer penalty on the same play that put my set Miami up at the one from the five-yard line. Yeah, that was an incredible drive. I mean, 40-yard pass to Matt Collins over Paulson Adebo, the cornerback who's played very well for the Saints this year. And then you had that flea flicker play on the same drive, 24 yards to Jalen Waddle, and Duke Johnson truck sticks at the Saints defense and moves forward for a very important first down and then capped off by a one-yard touchdown by Jalen Waddle. And after that, the game was over. I mean, the Dolphins defensively, eight sacks on the day. And quite honestly, it should have been 11 or 12. <laughs> or, or 14 or 15. I mean, ugh, God, it, Jalen Waddle was held off the stat sheet, or Jalen Phillips was held off the stat sheet. But you know what? He chased a lot. And I've got to say, I am sick and tired of the folks that are completely down on Jerome Baker. He was an animal tonight. I, I keep hearing it week in and week out. Uh, he almost had three or four sacks in this one. I think he ended up officially with one and a half. But there were so many plays that he very directly impacted in this game. That I, I, and if they hadn't, if if he had stepped out of bounds at the one yard line instead of going into the end zone with that ball, they might not have reviewed that 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 fumble by Kamara. That wasn't a fumble, and Miami might have had the ball at the one yard line. I'm, I'm not going to tell him to stay out of the end zone. But it was very like it's it's he just keeps making heads up plays and he keeps getting in the backfield he keeps blowing things up and chasing guys off and this is against an, a quarterback an Ian Book that actually looked the part of an NFL quarterback tonight and, and looks like somebody that should get a little bit of a sniff with the Saints even when Taysom Hill is back and, and Trevor Simeon because he showed some promise and potential tonight and showed some presence out there especially Ian for Book how much did? he got whacked. Ian Book? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I thought Ian Book like looked like a child today. I mean, <laughs> I got to disagree with you on that one. Oh, it's it's let's see how he looks when he's not getting drilled every play cuz I mean, there were moments that he he stayed with it and, and I'm not saying he was special in this game by any stretch, but given the fact that they literally had guys off the street coming in to play tackle at the end of the game, uh, in, in you know Murphy being an example there, uh, and the fact that Miami's defense was swarming him and, and and playing confusing, I thought he held some poise in this game, and and made some good passes when he could. 
he did have a 60% completion percentage. That's that's the best I'm going to say about him. I mean, he, I, I um, then again, Tua didn't look all that great throughout the game, too. But he is far above what Ian Book produced. Uh, the Saints did not have... I mean, many weapons. The Dolphins swarmed Alvin Kamara at every opportunity. 13 carries for 52 yards, and 19 of them came on one run when it was third and 23 or something in that range. So, yeah, the the Dolphins' run defense did incredibly well, and they put heat on the quarterback all freaking day. And if you take out a, what, 56-yard catch by little Jordan Humphrey – against Byron Jones late in the game when the game was out of reach. I mean, not many catches against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. No, and and boy, Xavier Howard, when they did catch one near him, sure seemed to make people pay today. Uh, this, I think he was reading all those comments about the, t- the missed tackle last week that was bad because he was playing physical when some anybody came near him with the ball in their hands tonight. Xavier Howard had a sack tonight. I can't remember the last time I saw that on a stat sheet. <laughs> it I seems like... Two, I think it's been three years. After all we saw tonight, Xavier Howard had a sack. Andrew Van Ginkle and Jalen Phillips did not, even though they seemed like they were all over the field and were pressuring the quarterback at all times. And Andrew Van Ginkle by the way, was 100% responsible for that pick six early in the game because it, the ball was redirected from the hands of Ian Book and right into the hands of Nick Needham. That is 100% on Andrew Van Ginkle. Good for him. He never seems to show up in the stat sheet this year, but he affects so I, many things. He, he does. He really does. Hey, I he mean, Jalen Phillips. I, did, did Van Ginkle show up in the stat sheet at all? Yeah, he did. He had two tackles. But it, it's between the two of them, that's two tackles. But they seem to impact so many plays. Like you said, the deflected ball early on to Nick Needham, uh, allowing uh, him to him to get that defensive touchdown early. God, it, it's... <laughs> when they showed how many times Ian Book got hit, knocked down, pressured, rushed sacked good lord like i can i'm I'm surprised he made it to the end of the game yeah i'm with you on that and uh so paul let's get to our grades here yes uh at quarterback you know to uh on the stat sheet it looks pretty decent you know 19 for 26 198 yards a touchdown and interception. I, I would argue that the touchdown was a flip pass to Jalen Waddle and the interception was really bad at a time where it really could have hurt the Dolphins too. Um had some ups and downs. And I quite honestly, I don't think it was good enough. And I'm gonna tell you this right now. Next week the Dolphins are gonna go into Tennessee and they are gonna face Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans in an opportunity to knock off the number two seed and win their eighth straight game. If we see what we saw here today with or over the last two games with Tua, it's not going to be good enough. 
if two, if Ryan Tannehill looked as good as he did against the 49ers once he got A.J. Brown back. Tua will be outdueled by Ryan Tannehill next week if that happens. And I'm, I am not going to sit back and say that that's okay if the Dolphins don't win their eighth straight game next week. So I'm going to say this is a C-minus game, the same grade I gave him last week. So I'm not going to go as low as you on this one. Yes, that touchdown was on a designed shovel pass to Jalen Waddell. But if you look back and start taking away for shovel passes – Brett Favre might as well erase the last eight years of his career. It's, you know, you start going down down the list of, I mean, you look at the things with the Bills beating the Patriots this week and, and the kudos and love Josh Allen got for taking over a drive by making some shovel passes when it counted. And I'm not saying two is Josh Allen right now, but the interception was bad. But then you look at where he put the ball in that Mac Hollins throw. He and Mac Hollins have a rapport. I keep saying it. I want to see Hollins on the field more. It's, you know, I would have liked to see a little more Devontae Parker tonight. I would have liked to see a little bit more of, um, or any of, Devontae Parker in this game. Uh, you know, but at the same time, shovel passes still count as passes. I'll take it. I can give two a B minus here. I'm not saying he did anything special in this game, but he didn't do anything to lose the game in this one. And I, and that's where, you know, the only thing that, that I wish he wouldn't do that he did tonight, other than that one weird throw that he seems to have once a game, is I think he got a little bit of that angry runs in his head from last week, and he tried to do it tonight, and it really didn't work. <laughs> I, I will say this. The second drive for the Dolphins... Uh, when they went up 10 to nothing, if that fumble that he had that was ricocheted 20 yards back, if that would have been recovered by the Saints, it would have been a completely different game. And the Dolphins may not have scored a point in the first half. And it's got to be better the next two weeks. And I, I, I'm hopeful that, that he's going to play better. But this was not good enough. And in the second half, he played better. But that's it. God, I got to ask you here because it's something I saw in the chat. Do you feel I'm making excuses for Tua? Because that I don't think I made any excuses per se. I just gave reasons why I'm not as down on him, even though I think he does need to improve. A B minus is a needs to improve grade, correct? Uh, I mean, I, I I think you're grading a little bit more on the curve for him, but I I, I didn't hear an excuse you were making. Okay, just um, curious. We're good. Uh, if, all right, running I mean, back. Running backs, uh, Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson, I feel, are between the tackles against this Saints defense that, look, heading into this game, the Saints defense were allowing 3.65 yards a carry to opposing running backs for the season, by far the best in the league. 3.29 yards a carry to opposing starting running backs heading into this game. Um Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay right around that three yards per carry mark. And I, I felt like they were getting, you know, what was there, what was blocked. And there were a lot more second and five, second and sevens, as opposed to those second and thirteens that we saw under Miles Gaskin 
over the previous several weeks. So, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to grade the Dolphins' running back position higher than a C, given uh, that that they only averaged, you know, three yards a carry or so. But I, I thought they did a serviceable serviceable job here. They they did okay. I mean, it's it's like you said, the Saints' defense is tremendous against the run, and. I'm not going to say our running backs were anything special. Uh, I was reading something when you gave your grade, so I'm totally coming out of mind with, with no impact on what you, you said grade-wise. For me, however, I I think it they, while they had some good runs when it counted, I still think we need to improve a little bit in our running game, uh, despite the fact that we went against a good defense. And really, we could have put this away with our run game if we could have got them rolling here. For me, I've got to go with a C- minus in this one. I, I think Duke had some nice runs. Lindsey was okay tonight for me. And then Gaskin was Gaskin. So it is what it is. Um, and Kelly, Titans are the team to worry about right now. Then the next one up, the Patriots are reeling a little bit right now. Why, why are people saying in the chat that I'm disrespecting the Saints defense? <laughs> like I, I'm not sure the pathway to that. I'm just given the facts concerning that. So anybody that wants to speak up, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, at receiver, Jalen Waddle is now five catches away from breaking Anquan Bolden's record for all-time receptions in a season. And it's very well-deserved when you see this game. To me, he was the star of this game. The separation that he got was fantastic. And if you look on the season now, 96 catches, 944 yards, six touchdowns. Um, yeah, Devontae Parker didn't have a catch today. But also, to the design of the Saints defense is to have Marshawn Lattimore take a Devontae Parker out of the equation. And I've got to look at the film a little bit more and see if that was actually the case tonight. Uh and see how many snaps uh, Parker played, too. Mike Kosicki had three catches for 22 yards and wasn't a big part of the game plan. It looked like Derm Smythe was a bigger part of the game plan today. So as far as, as the receiver unit is concerned, I, I've got to grade them at a – I'm going to go with a C-plus for them because of uh, Jalen Waddle and the catches he made and that Matt Collins reception – was the play of the game that forty-yard catch? It was, and, and and after you run down the list, the tight end position, we had six receptions for for fifty-three yards in this one. Uh, Jalen Waddle had the ten for ninety-two and a touchdown to tie Jerry Rice's rookie receiving record on Monday Night Football with ten receptions. He he's rapidly closing in on on the individual rookie receiving record, uh, at least for total receptions, as you pointed out. Mac Hollins came up key yet again. Isaiah Ford, while he was held off the board, actually served as a distraction several times in this game to readjust their defense. Uh, and there's something to be said for that. And then uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, <laughs> with his one reception for seven yards on a shovel, looked looked, looked electric. And... Uh, with a conservative game plan for the Dolphins tonight, who were playing a little bit not to lose, 
and to wear down the defense and not make mistakes. I can give I can give the receiver position mostly because of Waddle, Hollins, and the tight ends. I can give them a B minus here, and maybe almost a B. They weren't anything special, but they weren't anything bad in this game. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. They drew some some penalties, and they made some good blocks as well on a few plays. So uh, I agree with uh, Brett Dodger in the chat here. Waddle A, the rest C. Um, I think that's pretty pretty right on the money there. And offensive line, um, Jesse Davis had a cringeworthy attempt block at the end of the first half against uh, Cameron Jordan yeah. where it took the Dolphins were up 10 to 3 at the time and Jesse Davis barely touched Cameron Jordan he sacked to uh, took him out of field goal range uh, there was still an attempted field goal by Jason Sanders where he nailed actually on the first attempt and then there was a timeout and then uh, missed the one after that it was a 58 yard attempt that could have put the Dolphins up 13 to three at halftime, but they went up 10 to three at halftime. Luckily, they came back in the second half early on, made it 17 to three. But when we keep talking about fewer and fewer errors from the Dolphins' offensive line, I think that's a good thing. Um, Liam Eikenberg was flagged for a, a penalty that should not have been called. Other than that, I didn't hear his name very much. Jesse Davis had had that embarrassing sack from Cameron Jordan and also had a couple of more bad reps on top of that. Michael Dieter had a holding call. Robert Hunt had a solid game. Uh, Austin Jackson had one holding call, but his mistakes are kind of limited at this point. So, Offensive line, I, I've got to give them the highest grade here, and it's it's a C plus for me. I'll stick with you on the C plus with these guys. There wasn't really a lot that was egregious. I, I'm not going to ding Eichenberg for the hold on that play, but I'll ding him for the fact that Davenport ate his lunch a little bit on that play. Uh, Jesse Davis, when he's bad, he's bad. When he's good, he's good. Or he's when he's good, he's okay. And he was going against Cam Jordan tonight. But, yeah, we've talked about it before. We, There's no secret here that Jesse Davis needs to be upgraded this offseason. And I'm pretty sure he will be, or at least they'll attempt to do so. But I agree. It, it's, overall, the offensive line played well. They didn't do as great of a job opening up holes in the run game. But, again, the Saints defense is a very good defense. And, and even missing a few players. Miami's done the same with, with missing a few players over the past eight weeks at times. Right, and and just to piggyback on that, sorry to cut you off there, Paul, yeah, is that this is the best run defense in the NFL that the Dolphins faced here today. And because the Dolphins were winning for the entire game, they were playing inside this box as far as trying to run the football. So it's actually kind of impressive that they were able to get two, three, four yards when they could have easily been uh, wrangled up behind the line of scrimmage more often. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you look back, God, how many sacks? I, I I don't have it right in front of me. I was try. I was hoping you were going to be a little more long winded there for a second. Um, how many sacks did they have last week against the Bucks? Uh I think 
not as many as you think. I I'm trying to remember now. Um, I'm looking. I believe right they now. had five. I believe they had five. So against arguably one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, against Brady, who's very good at getting the ball out quickly, against the blitz, etc. They had five sacks last week. Um, I'm just double checking as as we speak, but. They had five sacks, and, and they came in against Miami tonight and had three. Uh, it, it's it, – it, and you look yep. at what their defense did to the high-powered, high-octane Buccaneers offense last week, and Miami was able to weather the storm against them. It, it's absolutely a scenario where we can ding the offensive line all day, but – they played better than the Buccaneers' offensive line did against the Saints. Yeah, I mean, Sofalo Sports said in chat, uh, I like Dieter at center. Uh, I do too because he's on a rookie contract and he, he is a serviceable player. I mean, how many times have we heard Michael Dieter's name over the last you know several weeks since he's been back from IR? Not many. I mean, he had a holding call today, but other than that – I think he's a good player, and that was his best position at Wisconsin, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing him throughout the rest of the year as well. Defensive side of the ball, Paul, now it's time to have a little bit of fun. Eight sacks. I mean, yeah, I, I don't care who you play. When you go on Monday Night Football and you have eight sacks and you hold the opposing team to three points, and Sean Payton, who is regarded as a genius play caller. You hold anybody that he's coaching on the offensive side of the ball, even though he's had, you know, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Jameis Winston, you hold them to 0 for 12 on third down. That's impressive. Yeah, no. And, oh, God, our D-line played so, so well tonight. Emmanuel Agba threw down two sacks. Zach Sealer was all over the field in this one. Um, and Christian Wilkins continues to be the guy that I said probably should have been looked at in that Pro Bowl conversation, uh, which, you know, I, I, I'm willing to admit when I was wrong. If I want to gloat, I got to admit when I was wrong. And I wasn't sold on Wilkins at the beginning of the year this year. And he stepped up and become every bit the player we were waiting for him to be. With I think it was the 13th overall pick a couple years ago, um, Raquan Davis was an animal tonight. I mean, you go up and down that defensive line, and, and they were everywhere. They smothered Kamara. There were a couple of plays I saw Agba or Phillips or whoever was on the D line dropping into coverage and, and and preventing some of those screens that we all know Sean Payton loves. So. Yeah, it's. If I, I am going to give the D line for the first time all year an A plus in this one. I'm going to match you on the A plus, and that's my first A plus of the year too. And I don't give those out lightly. I mean, I'm going to make my whole old face. Like it's <laughs> Emmanuel Ogba was was. I mean, he had two sacks. He should have had more. Jalen Phillips is not somebody who's going to whip around the edge and get sacks. He is going to ha- cover a lot of ground out there on the edge. And, and that, that's in, that's in, 
pass rush situations, that's in, in run defense. I'm shocked that he has eight and a half sacks this year. Zach Sealer was a monster. I, I agree with uh, John Gordon in our chatter on that. Raquan Davis gets his uh, first sack of the year, actually half a sack. And his first half a sack, it, he could have. And that's his first sack in his his career, um, believe it or not, which sounds kind of weird. And Christian Wilkins not only gets a gets what a sack, but also draws that penalty where Alvin Kamara comes up and punches him in the back of the head. Like, what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> you, you know what he was doing? He stole Alvin Kamara's towel off his waist while he was walking away. Yes, yeah, so he baited him into that, and then that allowed <laughs> Evan Kamara comes up and punches him in the back of the head in the next play. The mind games that Christian Wilkins has played that elevates the grade to an A plus for me. That you know, when I was thinking between A and A plus, that was the difference for me. When's the no, last time not, you not, saw not really, but, slash DN get completely up in Alvin Kamara's head? Never. Never. I mean, usually Alvin Kamara is not in the same space as a defensive tackle, but he was tonight and he punched somebody in the back of the head who was Christian Wilkins. Incredible. Zach Sealer was a monster. And I mean, this is, I, I don't, this is the most underrated player in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. This, this, I mean, this defense came out tonight. And I know we're talking about just the D-line right now, but I'm going to say this across the defense. This defense came out to be a bunch of bullies tonight in a way that I absolutely love. And they don't do it with cheap shots. They don't. You can see that they're having fun. It's You can see that they play for each other, and they're playing well. And, oh, God, it's so much fun to watch this defense play. It, I really hope they can re-sign Agba this offseason and maybe grab a linebacker to replace a Landon stupid Roberts, uh, the one thing that bothers me every time he's on the field. But outside of that, like this defense could come back practically intact next year. And with the Dolphins having 70 mil, like or if you re-sign Agba, you're talking about probably just north of $60 million. To, to play with on offense. Holy crap. And now Agba has nine plus sacks for the second year in a row with the Dolphins and is probably going to, you would have to think, get to double-digit sacks over the, over the next two games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going he's gonna to cost a pretty penny, and, and he's, he's worth it too. Uh, Adam Butler, we have, haven't even talked about. I mean, still a pass rush presence on the inside. The Dolphins go six or seven deep on their defensive line. Uh, at linebacker, you talked about Jerome Baker. Andrew Van Ginkle had that play early in the game. Doesn't have the stat sheet glamour, but is all over the field. And when you face somebody like Alvin Kamara, who can really run away from people, but still in this game, 13 carries for 52 yards and 19 of them came, came on one on one rush against basically a prevent defense. Yeah, and and what did he have receiving today? I mean, not much. Mm-mm. I mean, I mean like, it, uh, let me pull. I got it right here. Receiving, he had 
two catches for seven yards. Yeah, that's holding Alvin Kamara, the focal point of the Saints offense by far, to 59 total yards, on 19 of them on one rush. That's a hell of a job, and that is a testament to the job the linebackers did. So even though – well, they did make big plays here. I mean, Jer- Jerome Baker had, had a couple Jerome of Jerome Baker was a monster tonight. Yeah, so I'm going to go with an A-minus for him. I am right there with you on the A-minus, actually. Landon Roberts had a couple of goofy plays, and really outside of Jerome Baker, um, I, I loved what Andrew Van Ginkle did, even though he didn't pack the stat sheet. Uh, Jalen Phillips moved around a little bit, but he, most of his impact came on the defensive line. Um, yeah, Landon Roberts just is okay-ish kind of enough. But again, an A-minus. Baker threw down what should have been two sacks, possibly more. Was all over the field. Was a big part of limiting Kamara. I'm comfortable with an A-minus for these guys. And I'm going to jump you with an A-plus for the secondary tonight. Pick six. Xavier Howard playing physical. Byron Jones playing well. Uh, Callaway did did okay. But you know what? They're really four catches for 46 yards. Being your stellar offensive player for the Saints tonight, not good enough. And I loved what I saw from the secondary. Javon Holland was all over the field. Brandon Jones getting sacks. Xavier Howard getting a sack. Good Lord, there's so much to unpack with this, this secondary. I can go A-plus for these guys. Uh, I'm not going to throw out two A-pluses, so I'm just going to oh, go with an A. Oh. Um, Nick Needham. Well, your grade is now an A-minus for tonight, Kat. <laughs> Nick Needham gets the pick six off the uh, deflected pass from uh, from Andrew Van Ginkle. And, you know, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones just just dominate and lock down any opponent that they face that they're better than. Um, you know, uh, we, we constantly do this show and talk about, you know, the receiving core, not just the wide receivers that they face, but the receiving core having, you know, six, seven catches for 65, 70 yards. And that's reflective of the Dolphins' defensive backs. And welcome back, Javon Holland. Um, you know, he didn't have any major plays tonight. You know, he had half a sack. He was – but he was – he's all over the field. And he's also covering the deep center all the time. Brandon Jones – fifth sack of the year. I don't know many strong safeties in the NFL that have five sacks on the year, and he got his first interception as well late in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pushing toward an A+, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick with an A. That's fair. Special teams. I'll let you take this one. If Jason Sanders had nailed that 58-yarder that he had practiced before that timeout, I'd be I, – I, I would give it a higher grade, probably an A-. minus. Uh, Mike Pilardi, when he punts the ball at the Dolphins' 30, still does not get it to where Matt Hawk got it to, and that's my standard for punting the ball because you can really flip field position in that situation. He didn't. He's okay. He's fine. Um, but, you know – Jason Sanders, though, did bail out to Tunga Vailoa when the Dolphins were up seven to nothing, because that ball was ricocheted twenty yards back, and he nailed a forty-eight-yard field goal. 
but the Dolphins up 10 nothing really set the tone for the game. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, I like as a returner. I mean, he doesn't do anything special, but he's a good player. Catches the ball, doesn't fumble, doesn't have a history of fumbling. Um, I'd like to see him continue to be the Dolphins' returner throughout the year. So, you know, unless I'm missing a play somewhere, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with a B plus. I'm going to go with a B minus. Sanders continues to be a worry for me. It's he's missed far too many field goals for a guy that was you know Mister Reliable coming into the season. It, it's. I know it was a long one, but he's got the leg for it, and it, it's you cannot be a playoff team and have a field goal kicker missing kicks on the regular. And right now we do. I've been saying it for weeks now. Um, it's and Craig, I hope you're right. I I hope we do force five sacks and three turnovers next week. But I I agree with you on Tommy Lee Lewis. He there's something about him, and we haven't fully gotten to see it yet. But there's something about him that just feels like lightning in a bottle that's just going to explode out at some point. There feels like there's something electric with him when you see him out there even though we haven't gotten to fully get a look at it yet. And I really want to see him get loose with one here. Uh, but the Jason Sanders thing hurts. And it's funny because you said that about Pilardi. He doesn't do what Hawk did with those booming kicks that we got used to with Hawk. But he also doesn't have that three or four game stretch where you see Hawk shank one or two off his foot for 12 yards. So it's in the middle there. Uh- yeah, I, I I thought Hawk was getting better and better. He last was, year. but then he would he would revert and have like a two game stretch or a three game stretch where he was shanking balls off the side of his foot. Um, nah, nah, I I I don't think he was uh, really last year, but he does have a history of doing that. Yeah. So in Pilardi, when you look at him, I was he, talking about the entirety of his career, you, and you know it, it was it was so it was feast or famine with it. Pilardi doesn't have the leg Hawk does, but he's more consistent. Yeah, if he's punting the ball inside the Dolphins, you know, it, from the Dolphins' thirty-yard line, then he's he's pretty decent. And but I I, I don't see the coffin corners as often either. No. I mean, our coverage so, units though are as, as are as good as they've ever been. Yeah, they, they've they've they're really good. Mac Hollins. Uh, is is the biggest part of that, and he should have made the Pro Bowl as special teamer, no doubt about that. Um, so let's go to our player of the game and our Coke Bus player of the game. Paul, I'm going to throw it to you on that. Player of the game. God, there's so many guys we could go with tonight. I mean, there's Sealer, there's Baker, there's Waddle. Ugh. I will give this one to somebody I don't think I've given it to before, and that's the tiebreaker for me. I am going to give it to big Zach Sully Sealer in this game. He was everywhere tonight. He, good Lord, he could have had more sacks than he did. Three tackles, three assists. Uh, He forced Ian Book into other sacks. He prevented a few things from Kamara. it started up front with his defense, and Sealer was a huge part of what they, they did on defense tonight. I can give it to Sealer. As far as Coke Bus player of the game, 
it just feels too easy right now. But Jesse Davis, get on the bus. The way you got smoked on third down to put um, Sanders in a bad position there to begin with, you just you just can't do that. I, I know it was Cam Jordan. I know he does the good offensive tackles, but pretend you're one. Ride this train, and and, and keep Tua upright. Stop making him run for his damn life. Yeah, only two more games with Jesse Davis, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he's going to be cut after the year, and the Dolphins are going to save over $4 million by doing that. My player of the game is going to be Jalen Waddell. I mean, the separation he got set the tone for the entire offense. And now when you talk about him being four catches away from 100 on the year, I mean, even missing a game, yeah, I mean – this is a, a really special player in, in the Dolphins offense. And, and in, in a way that Jarvis Landry was never special in the Dolphins offense. Um, I, I don't think the Dolphins dictate any matchups on offense without Jalen Waddell here today. Um, Coke bus player. I've got to go at the wide receiver position again. I'm going to go with Devonte Parker. I mean, he wasn't a big part of the game plan, but if we're talking about somebody who is missing games every year with injuries, and then he gets on the field and gets blanked by a Pro Bowl cornerback, that's not good enough. Um, yeah, Par- so, Parker, I got to go back and look at because I don't know how much help they were giving uh, on his way. Um, I'd really have to go back and look at it in this one. And I have to look and see how many snaps he played too. That that's part of doing the show here on Monday night. But overall, Paul, I mean, <laughs> seven wins in a row, seven wins in a row for the first time since I was two years old. I'm 38 now. Dolphins have never won seven in a row in my lifetime. And next week they play Ryan Tannehill and I want to crush him so badly. I'm going to be well, so angry if the Dolphins don't win that game, and I'm going to be angrier if they win that game and they don't beat the Patriots the following weekend. And here's what I'll say with, with with the Titans coming in. The Titans are probably the best team we faced in this stretch, but Miami is built well to play against what the Titans do well uh, as far as their, their, their offense versus our defense, it, it's with, especially with Derrick Henry out. It's you look at AJ Brown. Okay, we've got Xavier Howard, and we've got help over the top with guys like Javon Holland, Brandon Jones. Um, you you look at the other side of the field, and yeah, they they're really running through the two wide receivers right now. Um, I'm blanking right now. Jesus, he, he's a Hall of Fame player. Uh, uh, Julio Julio Jones, and we've got Byron Jones. So it it's. If we can force Tannehill to make mistakes, and with the way this defense is swarming right now, and the way our front seven is playing right now, we should be able to make some noise defense versus offense. But it's going to come down to whether our offense can make some noise versus our defense in that one. And if we can get through this, the Titans right now are playing better than the Patriots. The Patriots have not looked good the last few weeks. They have not, and the Dolphins are going to have to go through both of those teams to 
get to the playoffs. I mean, right now the Dolphins would be in the playoffs in the seventh seed heading into this game. Ooh. But let's let's be honest: if they're one and one in the next two games, they're not making the playoffs. Um, and I agree with you. I think they match up very favorably with the Titans because Ryan Tannehill and that offense they like to operate from the wide receiver position on in with uh, Derrick Henry out of the lineup. AJ Brown had came back he had what 12 catches for 150 yards last week against the Niners defense but the Niners defense plays a very heavy zone bail and trail type of technique with their cornerbacks that's not the case with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard so and and what we need to keep an eye on and, and I'm glad we don't do the show until probably Saturday is the fact that and somebody just pointed this out in chat and I was double checking on it Julio Jones just went on the COVID-19 list. Um, Westbrook Ikahini, Bud Dupree, and Buster Screen all are now up in the air for Week 17. And and that could be pretty big, um, especially considering they've already got Nate Davis, Taylor Luan, and Kendall Lamb on, on the COVID-19 list as well. So that's something to keep an eye on as far as the Titans go for who they will actually have available this week. Because if they're without Julio Jones and Derrick Henry, our chances, I think, go up a little bit. Um, If they're without Buster Screen and Bud Dupree, our chances go up a little bit. So this is something to definitely keep an eye on as we move forward throughout the week. Yeah, they'll definitely be without uh, Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry, heading, heading into this week, was still fifth in the NFL in rushing yards. (laughs) <laughs> and he's been out since week seven. That's crazy. Um, and uh, Julio Jones, to me, is a shell of his former self. I hope I don't come back to eat those words. But and a shell of he, his former self as a number two receiver is very different than asking him to be the number one. Yeah. That's for sure. So we'll see. I mean... Uh, Seven big, wins big for game. our seventh seed, baby. Big, big game next weekend and for the next two weeks. But we're here, and we are going to be here the next two weeks. Thank you for joining us here tonight after this 20-3 Dolphins win on Monday Night Football over the New Orleans Saints. Be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the Fan Sided Network, as well as the FinFanatic.com website. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. <laughs>